Welcome in to Main Street Sports. Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I apologize. Did I spell Tuesday wrong on the title card? No. I was busy. Just Fortunately, I didn't see it. Two day. Two day? Two day. Two day. Top five, two day? Top five, two day. <laughs> so anyway, we are live. From Singular two. Exactly. <laughs> We're live from the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. Enjoy. Tennessee Port. Yeah, no S's. Just no S's today. <laughs> Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. And you guys can come hang out at the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame for free all month long thanks to the Tennessee Lottery. Always a pleasure for Brad Willis and the fine folks here to allow us to have a spot. And we are so glad to have you guys with us as we sit across from the Pat Summit Gallery here and... Look forward to a great show and a sh great show that we have indeed. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. We get a, a chance to talk to some old friends, new friends, friends, friends in general. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's kind of ironic that we're sitting across from the Pat Summit Gallery because I'm sure the Tennessee Lady Balls will come up at some point over the course of this show. Perhaps. So... We'll talk with Pete Weber. We'll also visit with Chip Walters, as we do on Tuesdays when, you know, when it's Tuesday and we talk to him. And we'll also talk, of course, with Terry McCormick. All of that coming your way here in just a few moments. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to a good show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great topics to get into. Mr. Football, Heisman. Eddie Robinson, Coach of the Year, finalist announced. Uh, college football has a lot going on in the transfer portal, but also a new potential rule that we may mention and hopefully get to dive into a little more tomorrow. Uh, but all of that is coming your way here in just a few moments on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond Joint. This is the Mobile League Company studio, again, at the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. So. We've got a great show. We'll get to it. But first, we're going to get you yesterday's results and today's schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. Girls basketball action from Monday night. Shelbyville defeated Centennial 52-27. Kalioka defeated Huntland 43-37 in a game in which Kalioka senior Macy McKinnon went over the 1,000-point mark. For her career, so congratulations to her. Murfreesboro Central with a 53-37 win over Eagleville. Spring Hill defeated Giles County 74-52. Cheatham County with a 69-47 win over Greenbrier. Cane Ridge defeated Independence 58-44. Portland with a 57-30 win over Joe Burns. It was McEwen 47, Montgomery Central 8, and Whites Creek 49, Hunters Lane 16. In boys' action on Monday night, Baylor defeated Pope Prep 73-69. Centennial with a 77-67 win over Shelbyville. Second win for Centennial over Shelbyville in a few weeks, going back to the second round right. of the Class 5A state football playoffs. Hookville 52, Green Hill 42, Huntland 85, Kalioka 62, Murfreesboro Central defeated Eagleville. 48-43, Father Ryan 69, Overton 61, Giles County 67, Spring Hill 19, Greenbrier 50, Cheatham County 38, another milestone in Independence's 75-54 win 
over Cane Ridge as Jet Montgomery went past, jetted past, mm-hmm. as Chip Cirillo said, jetted past the 2,000 point mark coverage of that by Chip Cirillo at MainStreetMurray.com. Portland 60, Joe Burns 28, McEwen 47, Montgomery Central 43, and Mount Juliet Christian with a 65-50 win over Dayspring Academy. High school basketball tonight. These are all double headers starting at 6 o'clock unless otherwise noted. Kip Nashville's at Antioch Beach welcomes Rockville Providence. Christian goes to Battleground Academy and Brentwood's at Cascade. That's an interesting it's interesting one there. That's an interesting one. <laughs> White House Heritage is at Cheatham County. Clarksville welcomes Kenwood, while Clarksville Northwest wel- uh, welcomes Kirkwood. <laughs> can be confusing. Mm-hmm. University School in Nashville is at Columbia Academy tonight. Donaldson Christian is at home against Clarksville Academy. Rossby goes to Dixon County. Laverne is at East Nashville. Greenbrier at East Robinson. Glencliff welcomes McGavick. Twinship Christian is at Good Pasture. Franklin Road Academy is at Grace Franklin. Harper. Is at home against Liberty Creek. Page goes to Hendersonville and Springfield, but Henry County. Columbia Central will be at Hickman County. Hume Fogg welcomes Station Camp. While Hunters Lane's at home against Gallatin. Blackman goes to Lebanon. Ravenwood plays visitor to Lipscomb Academy. And Loretto at home against Richie. That should be a good ball game. It should. Yeah. Also at 6 o'clock, doubleheader action as Westmoreland is at Macon County. Franklin. Oh, Franklin is at Marshall County. Sorry. Hillsborough is at Martin Luther King. Joe Burns goes to Montgomery Central. Moore County hosts Kalioka. Siegel travels to Mount Juliet. Nashville Christian takes on visiting Ezel Harding. Fairview is at Nolansville. Zion Christian is not at Richmond. No, they're not. Um, McEwen is at Santa Fe. Riverdale travels to Smyrna. Spring Hill hosts Summertown. Murfreesboro Central is at Stewart's Creek. Stewart County goes to Sycamore. Creekwood goes north of the border, taking on Tide County Central of Kentucky. Oakland is at Upperman. Merrill Hyde is at Valor Collegiate. Watertown hosts Lead Academy. Clark's Northeast is at West Creek. Pearl Cone is at White House. And Mount Pleasant is at Zion Christian. Again, all of those are doubleheaders. All of those are girls. Starts at six, boys to follow. Girls only. Webb is at Father Run. That's a 5 o'clock start. At 5.30, Summit is at Harpeth Hall. And at 6, St. Cecilia Academy is at Knowledge Academies. Boys only game. 6 o'clock. Webb at Middle Tennessee Christian. Men's basketball tonight. Tennessee at 5.30 will play host to George Mason on ESPN+. Plus. Middle Tennessee State at the Glass House at 6.30 tonight against Missouri State. It's also on ESPN+. Plus. Cumberland goes to Indiana Tech. Austin Peay's at home against Midway. Fisk is at Freed Hardeman, and Christian Brothers are at Trevecca. Austin Peay, Fisk, and Trevecca at 7 p.m. tonight. At 6 o'clock tonight on the women's side, Fisk is at Tuna, the University of North Alabama, at 6 o'clock. And on Valley Sports South or wherever you like to listen to your hockey, it's the Preds. At the Blackhawks at 7.30, puck drop tonight. And that, folks, is your rundown. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go by there if you are looking for lunch. They've got fantastic lunch specials. They've got cobblers, meats, vegetables, your choices. Whatever you want to do, your combo, and they'll make it work for you. 
We've also got fresh hand-cut meats, great produce, and it's all cost plus 10% at the register. That's, again, Neely's Mill Shopping Center's Piggly Wiggly in Columbia. Proud sponsors of our top story. And today, our top story, well, one of the reasons we're in downtown Nashville again for the second time in two weeks, Mo. It's not even been, has it even been two weeks? It was uh, it last has not. Wednesday. It has not. Second it's, time in a week. <laughs> and Yeah, we like battling the traffic, right? It's the worst part, but it is what it is. And we do it for you guys so that you will be as up to date as possible with the most timely and comprehensive coverage of sports from preps to pros. That wasn't a promo, but that's what maybe kind of what we out. did. Maybe cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the Tennessee Titans Mr. Football Awards were announced just a couple of hours ago by the Vot and friend of the show, Mike Keith, along with. Tennessee Titans general manager, Rand Carthon, who is now the proud owner of some stickers. Hashtag Rand has a plan. Gotta love that. Right. I, I'm, I love that we were able to finally get him a couple Rand has a plan stickers. And I love that he loved them. Yo, he, yeah, he was very, very impressed and appreciative of of the stickers and, and, and of the support, it yes. appears. Yes. But uh, maybe not necessarily in that order. <laughs> no, no doubt. Hey, man, we got your back here at Main Street Sports today. Come yeah. on the show sometime. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Start to ask him for his number. Thought uh, it might be like, Yeah, you know, we, we were there. We were close. But, uh, but yeah, nine. Ten. That's right. Ten awards handed out today, <laughs> including Kicker of the Year. I forget yeah. about Kicker of the Year. Yeah, so they missed one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we'll start with Class A. Class 1A in Division One. The winner was Moore County's Dawson White, winning over Cameron Schlicht of Dresden and Ben Franklin of Cornersville. Man, Ben Franklin is electric. They're the key to that offense in Cornersville. You know, I can't help it. I can't help it. That was one of today's shockers for me. Really? Who did shockers. You think was, who did <laughs> who did you think was going to win that? I thought ben, ben Franklin was going to wow. win. Wow. I just thought with the success Moore County had this year that they that he was that that kid was probably going to win. Yeah, and and maybe it is a little bit more success driven than than individual, but that was that was one of my two that I didn't expect, and we'll get to the other one in a second. In um, Class 2A, our favorite, Darian Mays of Mount Pleasant, was a finalist, along with Riverside Stone, uh, Stone Wallace and East Robertson's Isaiah Groves, who was the ultimate winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah look, Isaiah Groves, it, it's hard to go wrong with the Groves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't say that in Kentucky. Well, there's that. Because they just they're lost. Yeah, they're not they're not happy with Elijah Groves who just decommitted just hours before this announcement. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, in Class 3A, Sheffield Tredarius Jackson was the award winner over finalists Skylin Smith of Covington and Brandon Winton Jr. of Alcoa. I didn't get a chance to talk to the Alcoa folks. I, wish I, I think it's just as well. I'm sure they would have loved to have had a conversation with you. I'm sure I don't they know if it would have been a conversation I'm, or not. I'm sure they would have loved to have had something with you. Um, in Class 4A, Paul Cones, Keyshawn Carlton, 
won the award over teammate Zeon LaFrederick Simpson and Macon County's Gay Borders. In 5A, Southwind's Kelvin Perkins won over Centennial's Dominic Reed and Stetson wearing Eric Hazard of Page. Listen, you got to be a bad man to wear a cowboy hat. Hey, to the Mr. Football Awards. And if this had been a post, if the postseason had been involved, I think he probably wins. Well, John Barlas of the Daily Memphian told me that if he had known Eric Hazard was going to win a cow, uh, wear a cowboy hat, he, he would have voted, voted for him. <laughs> yes, so, so maybe that needs to be a a question that's asked. What will your attire be? <laughs> there was some great attire too. There was some great attire, absolutely. Um, in Classics, a Bradley Central's Boo Carter won the award over a pair of Rutherford County. Performers Braden Graham of Riverdale and Dwan Morris of Oakland. So, in Division 2A, it was the other shocker. Mm -hmm. Jackson Christian Jr. Jalen Mosley won the award over FACS's Brian Shields and Tyson Walcott of Friendship Christian. He of the 2,800 rushing yards and 52 touchdowns. That this that was the shocker of the day for me. There that it wasn't even close. That's the one that I like. I, I just I knew I thought it was a runaway. I thought Walcott had it, and so I don't even know why we were showing up. I was stunned. And here we are. I was stunned. <laughs> so, yeah, but hey, um, in Division Two Class AA, Christ Presbyterian's Cruz Law won the award. Figured. Yeah, expected there. Over Franklin Road Academy's Ty Clark and Knoxville Webb's Marquise Barrett. In Division II AAA, it was Baylor receiver and Alabama football commit. And I keep saying that. It just well, makes I, me more frustrated every time we say it. Well, I think it probably had an impact. <laughs> Amari Jefferson won the award over Lipscomb's Caleb Beasley and Macaulay's Carson Gentle. And the kicker of the year went to Knoxville Hall's Owen Taylor over Tullahoma's Grant Chadwick and Mount Juliet's Daniel Echeverria. So congrats to the winners. Congrats to the finalists. They all had fantastic seasons. Check MainStreetPreps.com. There will be stories on the local winners, and the winners are lo are listed as well on there, but there will be stories on the local winners as well. So, again, MainStreetPreps.com has your Mr. Football coverage. Mr. Football coverage. All right. Um, Heisman Trophy finalists announced, Mo, mm -hmm. and Jaden Daniels joins Marvin Harrison Jr., as well as Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. as the finalists who have been invited to the ceremony in New York City. When is the ceremony? The ceremony is going to be Saturday. At 8 p.m. This coming Eastern? Saturday? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. At 8 p.m. Eastern in New York on ESPN. Rank them. I'm going to have to go Daniels, Penix, Knicks, Harris. I like that. I wouldn't be surprised if your one and two are reversed. I wouldn't be surprised either. But I think your three and four are accurate. 
Uh, uh, I mean, I, the reason the reason I go Daniels is his rushing numbers are just astronomical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a solid pick. Uh, I think he, he impacts the game a little bit more. Yeah, I, think. I think both those guys kind of cooled off a little bit down the stretch, though. Is my concern. If Penix, if Penix's first half and second half on Friday had been flipped, I think he might run away with it mm-hmm. because he was dominant in the, in the first half. half. I mean, to the point where I tweeted, stop the count, <laughs> give it to him. <laughs> Not a stop the count. Like it was, it, it was just, it, he was by far the best football player on the field. And to me at that point, looked like the best quarterback in the country. No questions asked. Bo Nix comes out in the second half and plays really, really well. A lot of that thanks to Jordan James uh, of Oakland fame. Uh, you know, the run, the run game had, had not been there in the first half. They, they go with James in the second half. He's able to get, you know, maybe draw those linebackers and safeties up a little bit. Nix is able to, to have a little bit better second half. Penix, Penix was made, was basically a game manager in the second half. It was, you know, we need to win this thing, but Dylan, shoot. Dylan Johnson? Johnson. Mm-hmm. Dylan Johnson was the workhorse in the, the second closer. half. Had those two, had they been flipped, I think Penix might have run away with it if he goes out and wins the game in the second half. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I still think that that performance puts him over Knicks in, you know, in the pecking order. I think Harrison had a great year for a receiver, but I don't think it was Heisman-type number year, not even close to what Devontae Smith did. Right. And so that's why I think and, and that's the type season that a receiver has, has to, to have to win the Heisman. So I think Jaden Daniels, I think that just his his rushing numbers on top of what he did as a passer give him the the edge. Right. But I would not be surprised if Michael Penix wins it because he had an extra game to prove it with everybody watching. Yeah. Well, not everybody. Some people were watching well, Page and not Heisman voters watching. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah. So I mean, uh, Heisman voters got a got a great look at Michael Penix and Bo Nix. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's and that's where that, the key is. Yeah, that may be the key. So because Bo Nix didn't quite. He didn't have a bad game. He just, he just didn't. Was, he didn't have a Penix game. No, he didn't elevate himself to the point. Now, if they win that game, mm-hmm. then Nix might have been your winner. He might have gone from third on the list to first. But I think it's I think it's going to end up being I think it's going to end up being Daniels, Penix, Knicks, and then Harris. Mm-hmm. Right. What about you? You think are you, you no, think that's I, about right? I think that's about right. I, I feel like it's either Penix or Daniels, and I tend to lean toward Daniels, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Penix. But I think Knicks and Harrison are definitely three and four. I would certainly agree with you there. All right. Well, those are our top stories again. Thanks to our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center for keeping you guys fed and keeping us with a little change in our pocket going jingling along. We'll take a break. <laughs> Let's not call anybody on the telephone and give them a ring. <laughs> no, Pete Weber's not going to be on the telephone. He's going to be on the screen. There we go. So... Top five two day.
is back right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Live from the Lee Company Studio Mobile today, as we are at the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame in downtown Nashville, inside Bridgestone Arena, which is home to a lot of evenings of our next <laughs> guests. Spent a lot of time here. Spent a lot of time here. Two thousand. Two thousand nights. Well, not, well, not here, all of those, but yeah, maybe half, all, but, but a, a thousand nights. <laughs> Just about a thousand nights spent inside Bridgestone Arena for our next guest. And we are looking forward to talking about the Nashville Predators with The Voice, Pete Weber. Pete, how are things? Doing well this afternoon. Thank you. Just uh, fresh back from the United Center and the morning skate and talking with the coach and some of the players and some of my old uh, Chicago buddies here. So. It's been a nice day to this point. Let's try to keep it that way. 
There we go. Well, Pete, we've not had a chance to talk to you since um, you reached the milestone. We, we, we discussed a couple of milestones during the rundown in the last segment, but 2,000 games on the mic for the Nashville Predators. Congratulations, man. They said it would Thank never you. last. Thank you. And it seems, yeah, it seems like it uh, got to that point very, very quickly in my mind anyway. And maybe not for the listeners, but I, but I hope that's not the case. <laughs> well, congrats. Well-deserved, man. And, and here's to a thousand more. <laughs> At least a thousand more. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, you know, the last time we spent much time talking about the Preds on these airwaves. It was with, with Max hers and they were in the middle of a bit of a slide. Um, they have going come out of that slide <laughs> and kind of gone into another one. This is kind of an inconsistent team, I guess, Pete. It's the roller coaster ride uh, really is what it has turned out to be. Uh, and <clears throat> now I don't know for certain if this is a downturn or if there was just a blip, because I think they played very well against the best club in the league, the Arca Rangers, on Saturday afternoon, uh, losing by a goal, but still, uh, as they used to say in the classic movies like Slapshot, standing up to them. The peanut vendors were standing up to them. And by God, if I were down there, I'd be standing up to them. But that was that was the way they played that game against an excellent hockey club. And then, they played well enough in Buffalo to come away 2-1 winners on Sunday nights. So now here we are in Chicago uh, going against a Blackhawks team that has Connor Bedard, best rookie in the league to be certain, maybe one of the best players overall to be certain in their lineup, but they've got a lot of injuries here too. Yeah, 7-3 and three over the last 10, and, you know, it. I, I tweeted – but Willie Donick can mention, you know, obviously was ahead of the, the Rangers game about the game. And I, I tweeted, I said, you know, it would be so predators if they lost to a team that just fired its coach and then beat the best team in, in the league. And they darn near did. I mean, a 4-3 loss, they were up 3-1 at one point. Uh, but that kind of goes to one of the, the issues that, that the Predators are having this year, and that is the one issue that nobody expected. That is our goaltender. Goals against goals expected against UC have have risen, and goals he's given up has risen. He's kind of he's not been the savior as much as he has been in the past. And again, that's not necessarily he, he's been really really better than he should have been over the last few years. He may yeah. just be finding some you know finding a little average in him, but still. That's not the that's not the one thing you expected to, to, to be struggling with at this point. Right. He he didn't play well in the game against Minnesota. And what a week this was. Back to back games against your previous two coaches. <laughs> right. John Hines that's coming wild. with Minnesota and Peter Laviolette with the New York Rangers. Uh, both of those end up as losses, though the Rangers game was better played in, in many ways. Uh, but yeah, that's that's something that has been had been a given, and I think that uh, UC has had a record over his career of coming back from bad games. Now let's see if he can continue with that tonight against the Blackhawks. This Blackhawks team, I, I think the last time we talked to Willie Donick, we were go, they were going, they were going to be playing Chicago here. I believe so. Yes, and you know, and, and 
obviously there's a rivalry there. I don't know how much Chicago thinks it's a rivalry, but we certainly do. And I don't know how, you know, I don't know how that's reciprocated necessarily on their end. But when you, you know, when you get these two teams together, especially with, with Chicago kind of on the upswing, they feel like now's the time to start getting, getting the Preds back for the last few years. Yeah. Uh, how, how does this team react and respond to that? Chicago's downswing began in 2017 when the Predators swept them in the first round of the playoffs and uh, knocked them out. And the Blackhawks organization has spoken to that, saying that the Predators sent them reeling. Now, I'm sure they feel they owe somebody something. Don't, don't you always after you uh, drop a few. But the, the Predators and the Blackhawks, even from the early days, when, when Terry Crisp and I would come into this building in Chicago, there were so few people, we could hear our voices echo back at us. Then, in the interim, they began to fill the building with 20,000 plus. Now, it's sort of like they're taking a, well, let's see, the Bears stink. Um, the, the Cubs and White Sox aren't that great. Maybe this is something that we can latch on to right now. I certainly would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see us continue their downswing. Obviously, they're not going to continue downswing, but the Predators have to find a way to win mm -hmm. games against these type teams while Chicago is still relatively down in order to, because again, as good as they've been back under 500 and not really pushing for a playoff spot, it's early in the years, the first third of the season. But you want to see this team making improvements throughout the year. And to this point, I feel like they have improved. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And by the way, guys, there's one thing we've got to do on your show logo. We've got to get a puck in there. There's a basketball. There's a football. Oh. There's a baseball. Maybe mm -hmm. if not a puck, how about Mo brandishes a hockey stick? As long as okay, <laughs> I think a puck would probably be easier, <laughs> perhaps, and, and more realistic. Yeah, most likely. Me, me on skates, not so much. But yeah, you don't have to be on skates to have with a stick. You can still, you can do it like the people that participate in Scoro here at Chicago, uh, in between periods. <laughs> We can take a look at that. We yeah, need to we, take a look we, at we that. Need, we, need a, we need a hockey stick. Justin, can you provide us with one of your former hockey sticks? Justin has hockey sticks. That's right. He does. Yeah. So, so we'll, we've got props. Yeah. And he weighs them in grams rather than pounds. So <laughs> Because, you know, that's it's a Canadian sport. They yeah. use the metric system over there. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Weber, the voice of the Predators, joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint as... The Preds get ready to take on the Blackhawks at the United Center later tonight. Um, Pete, we, we've talked about, you know, this kind of being a roller coaster for the Predators. But, you know, what did we expect necessarily with a first-year coach and, and, you know, a lot of roster turnover from last year? A lot of roster turnover that really began the latter third of the year when the youngsters came up from Milwaukee and almost took the team – into the playoff field, as it turned out, finishing uh, two, three points out. Uh, so this has been well, the expectations. I don't think were super high, but I think they were at least to be a contender for a playoff spot. And uh, that's not where they stand right now, but they're not that far out of it. So hot streaks here and there, 
could be a great help. But expectations, I don't think, were sky high at all. I think it was just trying to be reasonable with the, the change in the uh, regime, with David Poyle retiring, Barry Trotz coming in and taking his spot, and then Andrew Brunette coming on as head coach, and his system, and I think his system has begun to become ingrained in this team a little bit more. They're doing a better job of getting the puck out of their end. Mark Jankowski, speaking of folks from Milwaukee, is back with the Predators tonight. Yes, he was back in time for the game Sunday in Buffalo, which was nice for him because he's from nearby Hamilton, Ontario. So while they scrambled for tickets for relatives and so on, uh, he had a good representation at Keystone Arena in Buffalo on Sunday night. Uh, and on top of all that, uh, Milwaukee's general manager was down here uh, during the morning skate this morning, uh, you know, reuniting with uh, a number of the players that have been there most recently because I don't know if there's any situation in the league where the rosters between the farm club and the major league team have been more fluid than these have been. It, it, and, you know, but that's that's kind of what you get in this, and I, we keep using this term, this competitive rebuild that the Predators have been in for the last couple of years. You're going to get that because the young guys need big league ice time in order to be able to help you in you know late in the season when you have some injuries and guys are banged up you got to get them ice time now so that they're not you know coming in wide-eyed and bushy-tailed in the you know late in the season yeah and that, and that's very true very very true and the the idea that they can step right in and be plugged in be sort of like we go to uh, windows 11 here be plug and play uh that's that's what they've been able to accomplish and it's, uh, I think, a tribute to the coaching staff in Milwaukee and the players themselves and, of course, the coaching staff here. Pete, have you ever seen a team that can score back-to-back -back as quickly as these Predators have done so in the last couple of games? I mean, 74 seconds <laughs> on against Buffalo, and then what was it like? The Colorado game? The Colorado yeah. game where they scored in about 30 seconds. So, mm -hmm. I mean, how wild is that? It's wild enough to uh, get my heartbeat going at a very high rate. <laughs> I'll put it that way for you. And uh, thankfully, my, my cardiac episode was, uh, what, now nine years ago. So uh, we've, we've gone through that. We've uh, taken the test of time and have passed that. But I'm, I'm more than happy to accommodate even quicker times. <laughs> if necessary. We'd <laughs> love to try it. Oh man, it was wild. I was like, God, these guys score so quick. I don't, I don't know even. I mean, there was at one point I put my phone back in my wallet or back in my pocket after pulling it out and seeing that we had scored a goal. And as soon as I pulled it back out to see something else, we had scored again. I was like, What yeah. in the world is going on right now? The Predators can't, <laughs> they they can't be stopped. So it's 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 been it's been wild. But uh, that was against a very good team in Colorado too. Oh gosh, which, yes, uh, which has made it even more special. Division leader avalanche in in the western central so yeah looking forward to another great one tonight hopefully again the preds can get a win over the hated blackhawks obviously always good when you can send them home with a loss but uh we'll be listening for it with the golden tones of pete weber thank you thank you again for taking time with us and congratulations once again on 2000 broadcasts. And we hope there's many, many more to come. Much appreciated. Thank you for the invitation to be on the show. And you know, it's a, you know, it's a good night.
if you don't hear that Blackhawks goal song, Chelsea Dagger uh, played at all. Gross. Yes. Gross. But yeah. Pete, have a good one Thank and you. enjoy this evening. Will do. Anyway. We'll take a break. When we come back, college football transfer portal. Some additional news being reported by Yahoo and The Athletic. So we'll get into that a little bit as well. All of that coming your way here in just a few moments on the Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bar & Joint. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here on this Top five Tuesday. We got With the an S. we got the S put back in, so that's always good. Uh, top five today is going to be a lot of fun. 
the top five snubs in sports history. Just any snub. Could be an individual award, a team award, a bowl game, a playoff, a an individual. An individual in general. Could be anything. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Right now though, we're gonna talk a little bit about the college football transfer portal. You know, and we mentioned it just before the final segment of yesterday's show got started and we got into Kelly Harper. <laughs> but Destin and Keaton Wade, former Summit standouts, have entered the transfer portal out of Kentucky. And there is a story on MainStreetMurray.com about that. You should certainly check out as dad, Steve Wade, had plenty of things to say that is worthy of reading. But it's not just the transfer portal that's getting Kentucky right. You mentioned Elijah Groves earlier. I gotta I gotta wonder what's going on in Lexington right now. It it seems like there's something going on now. I don't know if Destin and Keaton's situation is related to you know, in any way, shape, or form, Elijah Groves is. If it's situation. not, that's worse for Kentucky, right? But let me just say something. We talk a lot on this show about fan bases and unrealistic opinions of themselves and that kind of Expectations. The reaction of the Kentucky fan base and, and, I hesitate to paint in such broad strokes, but various members of the Kentucky fan base have made comments regarding the one start made by a true freshman in a bowl game against one of the top three defenses in the country as proof positive that he can't play quarterback in the Southeastern Conference. With that offensive line? And... It's some of the stupidest stuff I've ever heard. I'll tell you this. I mean, and and say what you will about what Steve Wade said in that article. Helicopter parenting or whatever else. But when he said that they didn't give him a chance to redeem himself, he ain't right. That's absolutely right. That's that's factual. Because I mean, going to the UK Wildcats website. I don't see any 2023 stats for Destin Wade. So if he played, he didn't complete a pass and he didn't have a rushing attempt. If that game is the only game he played in and it was the first game he played in, then shame on them. No, and I think it's the, I think it is. And I think you're exactly right. But I also think that sometimes fans are justifying and coping with something like this in a by lashing out against the kid rather than why not just say, sorry, it didn't work. Best of luck in your next stop. You know, 
you're exactly right. There, there's no reason that you can't just be take the high road, say, hey, you know, you but, don't even have to take the high road. Just those kids have made their decision. Let them go on about their business. Why you got to say anything? I think it is a lot to do with who are we talking with? I guess it might have been, you know, it might have been yesterday. But when you go into the transfer portal and get a quarterback, you feel obligated to play that kid. And I don't know, it's, it's wild to me that you wouldn't, because I, I'm going to be honest with you, if Devin Leary was their best option at quarterback this year, if he was truly their best option, then their options weren't great. Because he wasn't. In 23 touchdowns and 10 picks. And maybe, you know, maybe Destin wasn't. I don't know. But I've seen Destin Wade. How do you, I mean, how do you know? I've seen Destin Wade play quarterback at a very high level. I certain, here's one thing. I don't think that, that Kentucky's offensive scheme did him last year or this year is the type of offense that Destin Wade would be most effective, effective running. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tweeted it that I would love to have seen him in Heifel's offense. I think he would have been dynamic in that offense. I think, and, and I'm not just saying this because it's Jacksonville State, but I think in a, in a Rich Rodriguez type offense, what we saw Pat White run at, at West Virginia would be absolutely right up his alley. He's the type somewhere of, where you're utilizing all of his strengths. his athleticism, all of his athleticism, both his arm strength, which he has, mm-hmm. and his ability to and, make and plays. And with that's his the legs. one thing that we saw over the course of his high school career at Summit. He became, I wouldn't say less of a running quarterback, right. but he became more of a threat in the passing Correct. game as he progressed, and. He can't throw the ball. He can throw it. And so it just blows my mind that. But, but that, that I mean. This, but I, I think there's a problem in Kentucky. I really do. Well, and their fans are part of it because if you feel comfortable judging a, a true freshman quarterback in one game against one of the top three defenses in the country, then hey, have at it. And oh, by the way, their coach was leaving. He was leaving. He was gone. He was going to Texas a And if you're a recruit and you don't think that that means something, yeah, clearly do, they do mean, why, think it why, means something. Why do I want to come play for you when you don't even know if you're going to be there? Exactly. If you want to be there. Do you want to be at Kentucky? doesn't seem like it. Why would I want to be there? Right. There's a problem in Kentucky. Well, that being said, they're it out couldn't of happen to a better set of fans. <laughs> they're out of quarterbacks. Yeah, because Leary's gone. Leary's gone. Wade's gone. Kyle Sheeran gone? I don't know. Well, they feel they seem to feel like they're going to get Brock Vandegrift, who is in the portal out of Georgia. That's the thing. They're going to go into the portal and get another quarterback. Is that sustainable? I mean, I guess Vandegrift is a well. I mean, I guess of, I guess as many quarterbacks as there are in the portal. You can get one every year. If you can get one every year. 
Vanderbilt's and Vanderbilt's a redshirt sophomore. He's got two years of eligibility, so that at least gives you a couple years. Of How many guy. quarterbacks are we up to now? I, honestly, honest to God, I have no idea. No, Vanderbilt's got three. There are 1,030 players in the portal, according to all three. You like that uh, attribution we gave them? Turnabout is fair for us. Turnabout is fair play. There you go. Um, Iowa has two quarterbacks in the transfer portal. That's just what you want is an Iowa quarterback. Spencer Petras is headed to Utah State. His backup, who couldn't get on the field for the Iowa offense, Jay Labas, redshirt sophomore out of Broadview Heights, Ohio, is also in the portal. That kid that we talked about last week from New Hampshire did, in fact, go to, to uh, Minnesota. Okay. But, yeah, there, there are a lot of quarterbacks in here, and I don't know who the most coveted quarterback is going to be. Out of the portal? Out of the portal. Well, again, Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, Gabriel is in there. Well, and, again, I think Dylan Gabriel is a Jeff Levy guy. I don't think he was an Oklahoma guy, so I would not be surprised if he ends up at Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Now, does Mike Wright still have some I eligibility? think he does. And he's not. He's not in the portal. No, one of the few. Honk if you're not in the portal. And Chris Parson is still down there for now. So they've got quarterback options. If he's down there for now, he's going to be there. Because the deadline was yesterday. Yeah, probably, you know, well, I think they they can go in the spring. But that's not when you want to go. No, you you don't want to go after spring practice. So there are there are some definitely some definitely some interesting names in this portal, man. And you know, guys, like I told you on this on three, they they have the new star rankings uh, based off of you know what you've done in college. And I think if you didn't if you didn't play, you lost a star. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I mean, there are some interesting names like uh, both of the Kansas State guys we talked about. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is in there. There was somebody else, a big name, and I can't remember who it was. Oh man, that's gonna hey, quarterback. frustrate me. There was a there there was a, a a second, and maybe it was Cam Ward that we were talking about. Maybe we were was, talking about Cam. Maybe Ward, that was the name I'm thinking of. But I felt like there was a a big name, Tevin Carter. Oh yeah, from Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, we talked about him last week. Is is in the portal. Uh, but outside of the Vanderbilt quarterbacks, they lost both their receivers. So not only did they not have anybody to throw it, they ain't got nobody oh, to throw it. Oh, yeah, the they lost um, Will Shepard. Yes. Both Will Shepard and, um, and the kid from CPA, London yes, Humphreys. London Humphreys. Man. Things on West End not looking great either. They're right not now. looking great. And Will Shepard is a big loss. Will Shepard is a big Of course, loss. I mean, if you don't know who's going to throw you the ball, then why are you sticking around? Again, plenty of folks in the portal. I mean, you would think. And and I'm, did you happen to hear Washington State coach about on, uh, his, his thoughts on Cam Ward entering the portal? Mm-mm. He basically said, it's our job to help Cam Ward make a living playing quarterback. 
we felt like we helped him get to that point this year. And if there is a way for him to make millions of dollars as a quarterback somewhere by leaving here, then that's what we want him to do. And we will help him do that however is necessary. Good for him. And what a great way for a coach to react to this type of situation. It's awesome. And here's the thing. If that's how he's going to act about Cam Ward leaving, I want to go play for that. Yep. So now the next quarterback that, that comes in is going to feel comfortable that he's going to be accepted, and they're going to do everything they can to make well, him one, successful. The next quarterback that comes in from the transfer portal is going to be comfortable doing so, and the next high school quarterback that they sign is going to feel comfortable that these guys are going to do all that they can to help me, and if that means me leaving, then, then that too. And I think that's huge. I really do. Well, I mean, you hear a lot of coaches tell you that they're for the kids. When in reality, they're for the kids as long as the kids are for them. That's right. Max Johnson to North Carolina as a grad transfer. Oh, goodness. Be interesting if he plays. Mm. Cole Snyder from Buffalo is a 38% crystal ball to Vanderbilt. Is he a quarterback? Cole Snyder from Buffalo? That, the out Bulls. Of, out of Jamestown, New York. Hmm. From the Mac. So, it's interesting. Just take that. Well, I mean, they got to have somebody. Exactly. Or run the single wing, one or the other. I don't know. <laughs> Or <laughs> the single wing, that may be it. Oh man! But yeah, how about how about that? It, it, you know, I, I don't know. Here are some things that I think Tennessee is going to have to look for. And that's wide receivers. I think wide receiver is where Tennessee wants to go get some folks. Um, what about defensive secondary? I think secondary is is necessary as well. But they've had really good success with receivers in the portal, outside of both of them getting hurt last year. But well, again, now, now, you now, can't be mad at them for getting hurt. So. Well, you can't be mad at them for getting hurt. But the guy from Oregon, Dante. I wish you had said Dante. I probably would have been able to call it. But I don't. Yeah, number one. I mean, he wasn't great before he got hurt. Yeah, I mean, he was. That catch he made on the play, he got hurt was great, though. <laughs> what week was that again? That was uh, 11. That was against. Um, was it Kentucky or Dante Thornton? Thornton, that's it. I think it was against Kentucky. But yeah, he he was, you know. I mean, he wasn't nearly as he, impactful as you would have anticipated. Certainly wanted him to be a little more impactful, especially after Brew McCoy went out. That being said, there are some folks out there that I would be interested to see, you know, Tennessee go after including London Humphreys and Will Shepard. Yeah. I'm just saying. So I'll, I'll be curious to see what, what uh, how things go in that regard for Tennessee. Meanwhile, to bring it full circle, new coach coming in at MTSU, 
uh, indications are we should probably get an announcement in the next 24 hours, if not sooner. Obviously not before four o'clock because we never get to break news, but I would hope that one of the first calls made by the new Blue Raiders coach is to a couple of kids that have played their high school ball in Springfield. Uh, you know, it would be it would behoove them to make a phone call. Because here's the thing: if nothing else, Destin Wade and Josh Heupel's offense would be unstoppable. But short of them going to somewhere like Tennessee, I would love to see them at Middle, Jacksonville. Somewhere that I can go see them play on a consistent basis. Somewhere and that somewhere they can, they can be impactful. Mm -hmm. And they, they would be impactful on day one. Zero question that both of those players would be impactful on day one. And so I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as much as I would hate to see them play against Jacksonville State because I know what they're capable of doing, mm -hmm. I want to see them play. I want to see them be an impact player somewhere, and I hope that they are able to find a place that gives them the opportunity to do just that. Right. Let's take a break. Terry McCormick's on the other side. We'll get back in just a moment and talk Titans right after this. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Here at the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame, enjoy free admission all month thanks to the Tennessee Lottery. And we're looking forward to another hour of the show, including the top of the hour Titans report with Terry McCormick. Terry, how are you? Can we get him in? Hey, Terry. There he is. What's up, man? How you doing, guys? It is your Zen Sports Titans report, powered as always by Zen Sports. Titans, well, at some point here in the next little while, I expect them to make an announcement that they've added a punter back to the roster because obviously they're going to need one. Uh, the thing of this is, you know, with the punter situation, you know, Tom Quinn, one of his first chores is going to have to be the adjustment that's going to have to be made 
on the punt cover team uh, just to adjust to this new guy that's going to be coming in because you're going from having maybe the best punter in the league in terms of distance and in terms of just being able to put a foot on the ball and boom it uh, to somebody who's been on the street that obviously is not nearly as good. I mean, you're probably giving up an average of five to 10 yards a punt minimum uh, when you bring somebody else in. And that's going to be something that the coverage units are going to have to adjust to uh, for the final five games. going to be interesting. And like you said, you're giving up five to 10 yards a punt. And then those punts are going to be a bit more returnable as well, you would think. So it's 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 going to be a different dynamic in the punt game for sure. Um, tough position for the new special teams coordinator to be in. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, one of the things that I think was a positive that came out of the Colts game, and I know you guys are probably shaking your head going, what positive? <laughs> but, well, I mean, they almost scored 30 points for the first time in forever. This is true. And the thing that I was – where I was going with this is that this team has not quit playing hard for Mike Grable. You know, they've been depleted. They've had all kinds of craziness go on, especially in that game. But they're still playing hard for Mike Vrabel. I know, and maybe that was kind of Custer's last stand because, you know, they were in a situation where if, had they won that ball game, they would have been on the fringe of the wild card playoff chase. But now with a loss, you know, it's almost certain that they're going to miss the playoffs and probably uh, have a second straight losing season. But the guys who are in that locker room and on that field have been playing hard for Vrabel, and Sunday was a good indication. It's going to be interesting to see if they can continue that level of effort over the final five games when there's nothing to play for, and you're also going to be without uh, one of your, you know, one of your top players and your leader in Jeffrey Simmons, who, by the way, was the team's nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award today. Um, meanwhile, any more word on Derrick Henry to this point? No, but I think the news that we got on Henry yesterday was pretty good. Sounds like he's going to be able to practice by not being in the concussion protocol. They'll monitor him, but he won't have to you know, pass any baseline tests or anything like that unless he has some belated symptoms that grow worse uh, you know, through the course of the week. So I would expect him to be a, a go. That's always good. Yeah, Derrick Henry. You know, and speaking of Derrick Henry, obviously this is way down the road, but, you know, the way that he's performed last year and this year behind this offensive line, if he wants to be back in Tennessee, should the Titans sign him to a another short deal? See, I'm in the camp that says yes because – I think he means more to the Titans than he does probably almost any other team, even though if he comes back, he's going to be a complimentary piece. You're not going to build the offense around a 30-year-old running back. But I'm of the belief that if he wants to come back and they and they have a role for him, I still think he's a valuable piece to what they do, especially when you're trying to develop a young quarterback in Will Levis and do things to protect him. And besides blocking, what's the best thing that can protect a young quarterback? A good running game. You know, so to my way of thinking, I think the smart thing to do would be to 
offered Derrick Henry the opportunity to come back, set your franchise record for rushing yards, which should put a few butts in seats, which they're always uh, in favor of, and uh, go with it from there, knowing that you're going to turn the corner and try to make this more of a Will Levis-centric team and use Tajay Spears more as your every down back. That makes sense. Um, one other thing out of Sunday, Terry, um, had to be pleased that Traylon Burks was able to play as much as he did, and I take it that he's not shown any ill effects from Sunday to this point. Yeah, apparently not. He only played about 10 snaps. And, I, and that was the other thing, too, that people were kind of wondering about. People had asked why Kyle Phillips was inactive. And they went with Colton Dow. Well, Colton Dow has value on special teams. Uh, I think the decision came down to Traylon Burks or Kyle Phillips, and they went with Traylon Burks to try and get him back and get his feet back wet and used to playing after three weeks out with that concussion. So going to have an interesting decision to make this week as far as who's up and who's not at the receiver position. Terry, as always, we appreciate it. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. But for now, tell us about Zen Sports. All right, gladly. <coughs> Excuse me. Hey, Nashville, you've been hearing me talk about Zen Sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months. And I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you first sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top-tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, I'd no. like apologies in advance. It sounds like... SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey.
got that radio voice. I do. It's a good sounding radio, too. (laughs) As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So, and we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Coach. Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving, you gotta love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone. Welcome back in Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Live from the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame, the Mobile League Company studio in downtown Nashville inside Bridgestone Arena. There's a radio tower above us, around us. <laughs> and But, man, what a, what a great time to be here in downtown Nashville as the Mr. Football winners were announced earlier today. And, of course, you can find full coverage on MainStreetPreps.com of that. We go now, however, to the college ranks where, well, we had Chip Walters. We mm-hmm. do not have Chip Walters. We had him. We lost him. We'll get him back. He was driving, so I wonder if maybe he got to his destination and needed to. Uh, or, or maybe he just drove somewhere where connectivity was very possible. a little shaky. So, he, he, you know, he's, he's, he's out and out. about. Dealing with properties and that kind of thing, you know, at Choose Chip. So maybe he was out in the hinterlands somewhere. Well, they do have a game tonight at the Glass House. Do the men's Raiders as they welcome Missouri State and the Fighting Heather Williams. The Fighting Heather Williams, yes, sir. Yeah. That should be fun. Is, but, uh, um, is Dana Ford still over there? I think so. Uh, the yeah, I, former Tennessee State coach Dana Ford is yeah. the head coach of the Bears. So back in familiar territory. Is in fact, we've got Chip on now, and welcome back, Chipper. Sorry about that. I was actually crossing Center Hill Lake when it dipped in, uh, where it dips down low between Sparta and Smithville. So, no, no towers in Center Hill Lake, huh? No, no. But hopefully, I'm back up uh, on on dry land now. So hopefully, I, I can. Uh, I've got at least a few minutes here. Awesome. Um. We were just talking as you were off air. Missouri State coming to the glass house tonight, coached by former Tennessee State coach Dana Ford. So, you know, you got a guy who's got some particular familiarity with you guys and with this area, I would think. Yeah, and uh, they're they're good. Um, they they're six and two, but they are coming off a loss to Drake. Middle uh, is in a little bit of a, a downturn right now. Uh, having lost four out of five and are four and uh, four and six on the year, the uh, talking to Coach McDavid after the game the other night, uh, you know, one of the questions every game has been, you know, how are you guys uh, reacting, you know, to the loss of Cam Weston for the year? And basically, after the game the other night, he was talking that 
when Cam got hurt, they were in a string of, you know, one of those five games in eight-day kind of deals that included three games in the Bahamas. And they were just trying to, you know, patch the the, the holes in the in the tire right then with without Cam. And then this week, or actually last week when they got back from the Bahamas, they uh, – they kind of reinstalled their offense, uh, kind of starting from scratch on some things because of, you know, the skill set that Cam had is not the skill set that Justin Porter has and not the same skill set that Jalen Jordan has. So they're trying to retool to take advantage of those guys, knowing that Cam Weston is not going to be walking through that door. So they have struggled to score points. And, and so and that he and, and Coach McDevitt's thought on that is is just lack of familiarity with the new things they have put in offensively. So hopefully another couple of days of practice, uh, because not only do you have uh, you have Missouri State tonight, you've got Belmont coming in Saturday night, and they're playing well also. So uh, you know Middle's going to have to play well tonight. So uh, so we need to. That, that starts at 6.30, so I'm hustling back. Missouri State tonight, like you said, Belmont Saturday. Next week, you've got a road trip to St. Mary's and Southern Utah. And so, no, you know, when we talk... They'll be, in, they'll be in two weeks. Next week is basically an off week for exams. Oh, my bad. Yeah, if I could yeah. read, it would be dangerous. Yeah, December That's fine, at St. Mary's and that following Friday at Southern Utah. Too. Yeah, no, I, I just... <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, but, you know, Chip, when we talked earlier in the year and when we talked to Nick McDevitt earlier in the year... This was a challenging schedule at best. And so you knew that there were some lumps out there to potentially be taken. And certainly that's been the case. And losing Cam Weston doesn't help. But um, no. at the same and time, there, there are some opportunities to, to get better for conference play, which begins January 11th when Louisiana Tech comes to town. That's correct, and that and uh, that's and Justin Buford was on the post game show with us, and and you know and he basically said, he goes, yeah, we're struggling a little bit right now. He goes, but it's okay to struggle in December and November. That's where you learn about your team, and you know, sounding very much like the veteran player that he is, he goes, we just want to make sure we get this thing right by the time January rolls around. So that that's that's kind of where they are. Um, but obviously big night coming up tomorrow night for the women down in Huntsville. And you should have two pretty hungry basketball teams. Uh, the middle women uh, coming off a loss at Belmont and, and Tennessee got schooled uh, at home by Ohio state the other night. They really did. They, they really did. Yeah. Um, Chip. When you say that, this is a UT team that is struggling. I mean, how big a win would this be for Middle Tennessee State if they were to get it tomorrow night? Well, I, I think, I mean, I, I think that may matter to a degree, but then again, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, the the folks who do the net and all that kind of stuff, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be uh, all the computers will take care of that part, but. 
if it's that orange jersey and you went over it, it that, that that means a lot. That's huge. And that's that you know, I think they feel like that they have a team, especially when you have uh uh you know, a, a post player like Boldreva, who who is a legit six five, six six, uh, and Grabovskaya, who is also that same size, that they have the type of team that's built that can play. You've got good guard play and Savannah Wheeler and and uh, Courtney Whitson and, and Jalen Gregory. So I, I think they feel good about the team they're taking in there. Uh, and was Sunday a look ahead? I don't know. But uh, I know that they're – I think there's a, there's a pretty high level of, of excitement uh, for this game to be played tomorrow night down at the Von Braun Civic Center. And for all the folks that you mentioned, you, you neglected to mention the reigning Conference USA Player of the Week, Tamia Scott. That's correct. And uh, and that because I wanted you to be able to make that announcement, Mo. That's why I, I presented go. it that way. There we but, go. Uh, a little little and, lob and, and, pass there. I like it. And uh, but she she has been she's been playing really well, and obviously uh, through this stretch uh, as well, she has so. That's uh, going to be exciting. Six thirty tomorrow night. There's tickets still available, and uh, and you can order those through. Uh, I, I guess you go to goblueraiders.com/tickets, and you can find your way uh, to be able to get those. Speaking of accolades won by Middle Tennessee State athletes, all conference team for football announced earlier today, and Keelan Rutledge on the offensive line, first team, and maybe. Yep. Maybe one of the bigger upsets um, in in this list. Ten, tight end Holden Willis of Middle Tennessee State makes first team, while Jacksonville State tight end Sean Brown is second team. Uh, that's a pretty that, that, that's pretty high praise for for Holden Willis. It really is, and and the thing is, Holden really came on in the second half of the season. Um, I don't have stats in front of me, but if you go look at games one through six and then games seven through 12, uh, Holden, I would say his his numbers are going to be at least twice what they were uh, in the first half of the year. And again, it's, I mean, this is kind of one of those deals that almost a reflection of the college football playoff. It's what have you done for me lately? And, uh, and in this case, Holden really came on. It was a huge part and very versatile guy, had some uh, big explosive plays. So, uh, and just a terrific guy from Greenback. And, uh, and we've talked about his athletic ability, um, you know, throughout, you know, the year and, and, and what all he, he did in high school. So, you know, there, there's that. And, and you also, Brody Butler, don't forget, that uh, the, the Blue Raiders had the first team all conference long snapper. So, and a, a total surprise. of nine guys, and all, a total of nine guys got uh, accolades today. Yeah, and a little surprised to see nobody on the first team defense. Now, obviously, there were Quindarius yeah. Dunnigan, Sam Brumfield, and Teldrick Ross all on the second team defense, but, you know, particularly Ross played well enough to be first team. And so, you know, it, 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 again, what have you done for me lately? And a lot of Liberty flavor on this, on these lists, but, uh, but, you know, obviously 
Middle had a great showing, like you said, uh, and, and oh, hopefully, you know, when we get an uh, get get an announcement on a head coach, hopefully in the next 24 hours or so, we'll know a little bit more about where some of these guys who like second team wide receiver Elijah Metcalf stand. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the portal is open, and there were 1,100 guys went in the portal the first day yesterday, uh, oh, wow. but. But the, you know, there were people, there were guys who announced they were going into the portal that, but signing day is not until the 20th. Correct. So, you know, you can announce your intent to be in the portal, but whatever the announcement, you know, is made in the next 24 hours or so of a new head coach that, you know, that might be there might be some excitement there that uh, leaving might be, you never know. But uh, so there's, uh, that's we, we lost kind of the, where, where we are now playing this little bit of the last part of this. Chip, we'll let you get back to that phone call and uh, hopefully yes, we'll get back to Murfreesboro here very <laughs> soon uh, so that you can have service for yep. any future phone calls that, that you may need to take. But uh, again, as always, we appreciate it again. What time are you going tonight? Uh, go on at 6, tip it at 6.30. All right. Get that Varsity mm -hmm. Network app out and uh, get it fired up. Will Kyle be alongside? Yes, he will. He had a big win last night, so he'll be happy. Sounds good. <laughs> the, good. the golden tones of Chip Walters and Kyle Turnham, Mike's side for, for MTSU and Missouri State. Chip, we appreciate it. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back. Real quick. Okay. Real quick. Lipscomb Academy has named a head coach. Well, and that's what we were we were hoping to, to, to maybe talk with Russell Venosi. In the next segment, at some point, we did give him the link. So if he joins us, we'll get a little bit more information, a little more uh, insight into that head coach. And we'll tell you who it is on the other side of the break. Stick around. Main Street Sports State presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joints. Back in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton, and we have some breaking news. Lipscomb Academy has hired a football coach. They have indeed, and he is a name that a lot of folks in Nashville will be familiar with from his high school two-sport career at White's Creek to his collegiate career at Vanderbilt, where he played receiver and played a little basketball over there as well. Um, Jamie Graham, the new head coach at Lipscomb Academy, he was on staff with Trent Dilfer, followed Dilfer to UAB, and he was down there this past year, and he's coming home. And I think it's a great hire. Are you surprised that they went with someone who has ties to Dilfer based off of the issues they're dealing with? I mean, I know that Jamie's a completely different person. He's on his own person, but mm-hmm. in in what they're dealing with the TWSAA and the, the the you know the trying to get the waiver to play in the playoffs next year may have gone a may have gone a long way if they said, "Hey, we're cutting ties with all of this right now." Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you surprised they went to that tree? I'm, the tree. Possibly the 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 leaf? No. I mean somebody was gonna hire Jamie Graham at some point. He's gonna be a great coach. Sure. And so I'm I maybe would have expected them to go with a more with with a coach with head coaching experience. I don't know that I would have necessarily expected them to hire a first time head coach, but I I don't look at Jamie necessarily as a Trent Dilfer product or a connection to. I, I, I kind of 
He's a Nashville guy who happened to be on Dilfer's staff, yeah, not a Dilfer guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of take him as his own entity. And like I said, I, I think I think I give kudos to Lipscomb, to their decision makers for recognizing that this guy's going to be good. I think he really relates to kids well. I think he really relates to people outside the program well. I, I just think he's he's dynamic. He he's the type of guy that you want representing your program. I think I, I just think he's a great hire. Third straight first time head coach hire. First one without NFL experience. <laughs> yeah, but um, but uh, is yeah. I mean certainly a a guy who is up and coming in the coaching ranks and, and I think it's, it's fantastic for him to get this opportunity. I I just, I'm I'm a little surprised that they went with someone who had any ties whatsoever to the last two coaching staffs based on what they're dealing with, with, you know, in in the TWSAA situation. I, I don't, I don't know how much it will impact that one way or the other. And I, I understand what you're saying. What you're saying makes sense. I just don't know how much of an impact that'll be or how much the TSSAA will consider that in whatever decision they make with regards to Lipscomb's transgressions. Mm-hmm. So, will be interesting. Congrats to Jamie Graham. Mm-hmm. And congrats to Lipscomb for getting it dealt with. You know, I mean, as as the coaching carousel was getting started, it is for them to go ahead and you know, like we said, we, we kind of expect Brentwood Academy to go in a direction that is, you know, more Brentwood Academy with some some connection somehow. I think I think the next name will be more recognizable than the last name. Right, and and I think that's you know I, I just don't know that I necessarily expected Lipscomb Academy to do that this time around but certainly a uh a fantastic hire and i think he's gonna be a great coach i really do mm-hmm. um if we are able to get russell venosi on and talk a little bit more in depth about what he saw at today's press conference that was held at three o'clock then great if not that's okay too Right now? Yeah, because if we don't get Russell, we'll probably just get Jamie in the next couple of days. <laughs> well, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the National Football League. We did not get a chance to react yesterday at all to the NFL, and I have some questions. Number one, before we get into the questions, the New England Patriots took their throwback game a little too seriously and played <laughs> 1960 offense. <laughs> In a six nothing loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. There you go. I mean six nothing. Man, are we seeing the end of Bill Belichick? Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, I saw someone the other day spend this go back to college, but someone said that the Belichick Saban friendship was finally gonna uh, re- reap some positives for for Saban because Belichick would, will know where they might have hidden all the cameras. Wow. <laughs> That's a great tweet. I don't care who you are, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this has got to be it. I mean, 
Look, and, and, you know, a lot of and Bill Belichick's a Hall of Famer, and it's hard to fire a Hall of Famer. But right. if you don't do something soon, what's the line? What? You die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain? 100%. And, you know, a lot of people are saying similar things about Mike Tomlin, that it's time for him to go. And I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I mean, the guy is two years removed from a quarterback who played his entire career. Tomlin and Roethlisberger were there from day one together. <laughs> so I don't think Tomlin's situation is as bad no, as Belichick's not situation. Even close. And here's the thing. I wish Pittsburgh would fire Mike Tomlin. There's a lot of people. Just to see how quickly he gets a job. Oh, yeah. He would be very highly sought after. He would have a job before they had his successor hired. And, you know, I, I don't think that Tomlin is in that situation. We're talking about, you know, the thing that, that's that's different about Belichick is that he has a lot of control over his roster. And he... He and I have a lot in common in that we like to reach. And, you know, my fantasy football team, I may have reached uh, uh, quite a bit in the fourth, <laughs> fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. May have reached a little too far. And I'm, huh? and I'm paying for it. I mean, I'm dead last in the league. It is what it is. But he's doing the same thing. You know, reaching. I, I don't think Mac Jones is a terrible quarterback prospect i think that in the right system he could be very good but they don't have a running game at all they like to use slot receivers way too much and they don't have very good ones right now mm -hmm. and you know malik, well, his, malik historically they're on their is on their roster and as bad as their offensive line is you'd think they'd play a guy who could you know extend plays and protect himself so I'm just saying yeah. it seems silly that uh, I think Mac Jones could potentially be a you know a guy who makes sense at, at 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 the quarterback position even for New England maybe not but even for them but a new coach has got to be they they've got to they've got to get rid of Bill Belichick mm -hmm. now please don't get rid of Bill Belichick if you're you know <laughs> Titans fans or you know hey we'd like to. We'd like to do good things first before they get hmm. to looking for a coach, but I think it's time. The Patriots aren't on the Titans' schedule, are they? No. That's unfortunate. We could use Dub. Yeah. Man, the Patriots struggling, and that is an understatement. Mm -hmm. That being said, Jody's Packers. Looking like a playoff team. You remember when we talked about their GM having having said concerns that, about whether or not Jordan Love was their quarterback going for going past I this year. Think those concerns are. Getting I would answered. like to think they've been put to rest. I, one one would think kid's been playing lights up, and, and maybe that's what he needed. You know, some you never mm. know what what somebody needs to motivate them. Perhaps that, that was, was what he needed to motivate him. Well, but yep. That was the case, then you know, kudos to it them. It worked <laughs> because the the Packers are six and six, and you know, right in the hunt for a playoff spot. 
tied for what one, two, three, four, tied for fifth right now in the league with the Vikings, Rams, Seahawks. Yeah, and the Vikings obviously and the Falcons who are leading the NFC South at six and six. A lot of teams with quarterback issues in that Fergus that you just made. Vikings, Falcons. Yeah. Um, I think the Rams probably have some quarterback issues too, and they certainly have a an offensive issue. But the Seahawks have been less than stellar to this point. And again, Packers are on a three-game win streak. They are trending upward while, you know, so are the Rams. But Seahawks trending down, Vikings trending down. Seems like they're right there, you know, in the mix for a potential playoff spot if they just continue doing what they're doing. Does this team make the playoffs? How many teams make the playoffs? Yeah, six. Seven. Six plus one. So seven. Yeah. Okay. I think they got a shot. They being the Packers. the Packers. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean the NFC is a struggle bus. Past the 49ers and the Eagles. Yeah. And the Eagles got absolutely drugged. Yeah, there's a, there's a pretty big gap between one and two, it seems like. Yeah, and yet the Eagles currently the number one seed with a ten and two record because they get to play the Giants and Commanders. And of course the Cowboys also in there. Hmm. What are the Niners? Nine and three. I mean, more likely than not that, you know, they probably find their way to the best record in the the NFC, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. It's the Seahawks, Cardinals, Commanders, and Rams. Yeah, I don't know that they lose another game. They play the Ravens in there, and the Ravens aren't great. Uh, I don't know that the 49ers lose another game. They may not. I mean, this team could be 14-3 and three going into the playoffs. Um, also, Tyreek Hill <laughs> may be a legitimate MVP candidate. When was the last time a receiver was MVP? That I would love to know. But has been as impactful a player as anybody could want this year for the Dolphins. 93 catches, almost 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, which is three off of his uh, career high of 15. This match is the second highest number he ever put up in Kansas City already, and he's only 12 games in. He's still got five games to play. Still got five games to play. So Tyreek Hill, and again, I know that it was the commanders. Hmm. Five catches, (laughs) 157 and two touchdowns. Five catches, 157. That's a 31.5 yard average. Of course, one of them was 78 yards. Still. But 
he looks great, man. And I and after after what we saw Sunday night with the 49ers and Eagles, I don't think Jalen Hurts is the front runner anymore. A wide receiver has never. Not never. Not never. The name. Not even Jerry Rice. Not. Oh, oh, Jerry Rice. By the Sporting News. That don't count. In 1987. Well, actually, the Sporting News, Pro Football Writers Association, and Jim Thorpe. Okay, I'll give him the Pro Football Writers Association. Okay. In again in eighty seven. At no other time has a wide receiver been named in a NFL MVP by anyone that names one. So that's impressive. I expect him. I expect him to be in there. I mean, in the conversation, so long as he continues this, you know, this pace. Well, I mean, if he winds up with what 125 catches for 2,000 yards, something like that, then it's almost a given. Impossible. And and Miami continues well, to be, you know, in the mix for maybe a number one seed. And especially when you're talking about uh, some of the. Oh, there's Russell Venosi, by the way. Okay. Uh, some of the other names that are on the list, it, it, it's almost like when Devontae Smith won the Heisman, there just weren't a lot of great quarterback numbers out there. Right. You know, you think about Cam Akers having a bad year. You think about Austin Eckler, you know, not having a great year. It just seems like this would be the perfect time. Right. And he is, he's eating. In the perfect year. Big time. So let's let's go to Russell real mm-hmm. quick and get a little bit of information on the new Lipscomb Academy football coach. Russell, yeah. are you oh, we just lost him. You may try to get him back. Yeah, Please. see if we can get him back. And gotcha. uh, we'll talk we'll talk to Russell here. But uh, yeah, I think that's a you know, I think this is the time, a perfect time. Other NFL Things mm-hmm. going on. Um, the Titans released Monty Rice. Yeah. And I think he and the Titans may have had the same tweet following it. Thank God. That's bizarre to me. Bizarre indeed. And I don't I don't know why he would say that, but okay. He wasn't very good. The Titans weren't good for him. It just wasn't a really good match. So, I guess. Russell Venosi joins us now as he is again. What's up, Russell? How are you? Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Russell hasn't ditched that tie from the Mr. Football luncheon yet. I'm a little surprised. No, there has been. It's been quite a scramble today. Uh, We made it. Just wrapped up at the Lipscomb Academy football press conference, and now I've got uh, a bunch of stories to write this afternoon, so I'm excited. That's why you make the big bucks. So, (laughs) um, Russell, tell us – I've known Jamie since he was in high school, but tell us what Lipscomb 
said in explaining why he was their guy. Yeah, I was just talking to head of school, Brad Schultz, a few minutes ago, and, um, you know, he said that when they talked to Jamie about the job, that he was really everything that they were looking for. They wanted somebody who could connect with the, uh, the students here, the student athletes here. Uh, they wanted somebody who could bring, you know, a lot of energy, wanted somebody who could, uh, that wanted to be here and wanted, I thought this was interesting, didn't want to use this job as maybe a stepping stool to something else. Uh, we've kind of heard this before, but the quote was that, uh, you know, they think Jamie will retire here. And of course, we've got to be skeptical of that. He's only 35. Don't want to paint him into that corner yet. And, and of course, the last couple of Lipscomb coaches have said something similar, Trent Dilfer and Kevin Wye, and they both, of course, uh, have left under different circumstances. But uh, I think they like Kevin the fact Wye that... Uh, retired. But <laughs> you kind of, you really do back yourself into a corner. And when you, we were talking about this earlier, Mr. Football, when you, when you speak in absolutes like that. But that was the uh, the line that they were giving today. And uh, certainly he was successful here as a wide receivers coach for three seasons under Trent Dilfer. And in that final season in 2022, he was the offensive coordinator. And I don't have the, their offensive stats from that year in front of me right now, but I know they had a prolific season, of course, with Hank Brown stepping in as the quarterback that season. And um, they completely mowed down their competition in route to uh, beating CPA there for, I think it was 42-0 for the Division II AA state title. So and after that, he, of course, followed Trent down to UAB. And uh, less than one year later, he's back back here in Nashville to his hometown. Man, it's really jarring when I hear you say that Jamie is 35 years old. But um, was was there any concern about him not having been a head coach before? You know, uh, I didn't sense any concern there. Of course, uh, you know, there's I'm sure there's going to be some learning on the job because, you know, as you guys know, it is a little bit different when you're you're no longer making suggestions. You're no longer just responsible for one side of the uh, of the ball. You've got to be on top of everything. And so I think that will uh, probably be an adjustment period for him. But um, no, they I mean, they didn't express any qualms. I think uh, Brad Schultz said they had over uh, 45 applications for the job. And, um, you know, Jamie's uh, resume really stuck out to them for what he was able to do, you know, on the field as an athlete. And because uh, many of that Football players here, of course, want to do what he did and move on to the college ranks. But, um, but yeah, and then they were also, uh, I think they just wanted some familiarity and some stability here after everything that they've sort of been through over the last uh, year. So, um, no, they, I didn't hear any, any concerns there about him not having been a head coach before. You know, and this is the question I asked Mo, but are you surprised that they went with someone with some connection to the school, to, you know, considering the situation that they are in with the TWSAA, or was this just a, a no-brainer? I think it would have been a bigger surprise, shock probably, if they had promoted somebody from within, uh, from the 2023 staff that was a part of those violations. Uh, but as far as we know, I mean, all those previous teams under Dilfer, uh, of course, were not, uh, there was no TWSAA chargers or allegations or violations under, under that staff. So, you know, for them to sort of reconnect with some of the uh, success they've had uh, in the past as recently as, you know, a little over a year ago under, um, with Trent Dilfer's staff. But I think maybe that was something exciting for them to kind of, um, you know, bring back some of that, maybe some of that magic that they had under Dilfer. And, uh, you know, Jamie was talking about how he's uh, really focused on making sure that the kids are focused on football, focused on school. And, um, I think they want to want to clean up their act here as much as possible and, uh, you know, distance themselves from what was a pretty forgettable 2023 season. Well, Russell, we appreciate it. And 
look forward to reading the story on Main Street Preps that I know is coming. So thank you again for taking time with us and give us a little bit more insight. All righty, gentlemen. Happy to do it. Thanks. We'll take our final break of the day when we come back to top five biggest snubs in sports history. Can't imagine Ooh. where that idea came from. Yeah. Who will they be? I'll tell you right after this on Main Street Sports Day. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. All right, welcome back in. Time now for the top five biggest snubs in sports history. It is Top Five Tuesday, thanks to our friends at Mid-South Five Fitness. Thallus Steel and the fine folks there. Steelathletes.com, at Steelathletes on tool, or I'm sorry, Instagram. So go check them out. Let's get into it, and we'll start with the Google Number Generator. <laughs> All right, 
So again, just, this, this idea came from the obvious snub of Florida State from the college football playoff over the weekend. So, because we're nothing if not original. Here you go. <laughs> Justin, you're number one. Mo, you'll be number two. All right. And I'll be number three. All right. So, Justin, go ahead. You got number one pick. Go. I'm going to go Michael Jordan and his high school basketball team. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Getting cut, what, his sophomore year? Uh, freshman. Freshman year? Okay. At All least right. it was that. <laughs> yeah. You did okay. okay. I'm, I'm going way back. Um, Jim Brown and the 56 Heisman Trophy that went to Paul Horning, quarterback for 2-8 and eight Notre Dame. Three touchdowns, 13 picks. Ooh. Good call. Yeah. I don't even uh, need to know Jim Brown's stats. <laughs> I know he didn't. No, no. Those are all the stats you need. I'm going to go – uh, I'm going to go with this one, even though I could probably get it a little bit later, but it is my number one, and it's Andrew Jones not being in the Hall of Fame. Scratch. <laughs> it was on the list somewhere. Justin, uh, I'm sorry. No, it's my turn. It's it my is. Turn okay. Uh, well, speaking of Notre Dame people getting the Heisman over more deserving players, um, I'm going to go with Johnny Majors. That was that same year. Look at there. That was the same year, 56. And yet. Yeah. Okay. Could have went Jim Brown, could have went Johnny Majors. Yeah. Stead, you gave it to that guy. That guy. Okay. Continue. My number two, um, have you seen the, um, the documentary on ESPN Unapologetic? No. Candace Parker, I watched it late one night a couple weeks ago. Um, Candace Parker getting left off the 2016 yep. Olympics team. Yes, absolutely. Justin? Uh, sorry, Vince, you're right. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. So one of them is Marshall Falk over Gino Toretta Heisman. Um, once I learned that Marshall Falk was also in that, those three, I was like, how did he not win it? He was mm -hmm. an in, but it uh, was his NFL as well. Second one would be Herschel Walker also getting snubbed uh, for the 1980 Heisman. Um, dude, dude at Georgia was crazy. Like he just was, the way yeah. he ran, I mean, it's a machine that year too, especially. He was, in fact. My turn. Um, I'm gonna go with Dr. J leaving LeBron James off of his ten greatest NBA players. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Dr. J. Yeah, yeah. Talk your talk. Hey, I uh, need. He, he's got the right. Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, Kareem, Magic, Carl Malone, Tiny Archibald. Once again, I would like to say Larry Bird does not get the love he deserves. Yeah, in, there's a snub as in, well, in actually. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Larry Bird does not get the love he deserves. <laughs> anyway, sure I've got two here. Let's go with number one. Nolan Ryan never winning a Cy Young. Ooh, that's a good one. That's absurd. Absurd. That is absurd. Okay, okay because his team sucks. It's not his fault. Uh, and my number four, we will go with the Joey Harrington, 2001, Oregon Ducks, not making the, the BCS championship after Nebraska got absolutely embarrassed by Colorado in the Big 12 championship game. And then Nebraska then getting embarrassed by – Miami Whoever. in the national championship game. And of course, Tennessee would have been in it, but they lost to a backup quarterback in LSU. Matt Mock. That's it. 
Yep. Um, I knew it was a map. I couldn't remember if it was Flynn or Malk. It's Malk. Um, my number four is Kobe Bryant losing the 2005-2006 MVP race to yep. Steve Nash. Yeah. The stats lined up to each other are just ridiculous. Like. Yeah. Justin, you're four and five. Four and five. Um, I'm going to go with John Elway snubbing the Colts. <laughs> the draft. <laughs> I guess it does work both ways. It does, in fact. Yeah, okay. And then um, I will go with, just because I, you know, I watched the Dream Team before I watched The Last Dance, uh, but I still think Isaiah, be, Isaiah Thomas being left off the original Dream yeah. Team in 1992 is just it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I get a little bit why, because they didn't want the, right. the infighting that would have mm, most likely come. taken place. Yeah. Because right. let's be honest, Isaiah was a jerk. For sure. And Michael, also a jerk. And yeah. you just can't have those two. I get it. And you can't leave <laughs> Michael Jordan off the table. So, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Is this my number five? My number five. 2016 Big Ten champion Penn State being left out of the college football playoff in favor of Ohio State. Also from the Big Ten. Did not play for its championship. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, if it's there, I'm going to take it. Peyton mm-hmm. Manning. 98. That's, 98 Heisman. It's a good one. I mean. It's a good one. Who won it instead? Charles Woodson. Oh. Yeah. First defensive player at that point, wasn't it? Mm, I don't know if he was first. But I don't know if he was, he was first. Certainly. Yeah. I, he first may be the last. last. Yeah, he's the most recent. No, yeah. eight next no, it was, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, number five, Justin. No, you already did your number five. Yeah. Was I last? You I was last. were last. There we go. That's your top five. We're done. Mid-South Five Fitness, steelathletes.com, at steelathletes on Instagram. Come back with us tomorrow. We'll have Joe Sullivan with a... Joe Sullivan, not Joseph. With a preview of Lipscomb Belmont, who will play for the... The Battle of the Boulevard. 100 and maybe the 200, 100, 150th time, I think. I think it's 150th time that they're going to play. Wow. So pretty exciting stuff. We'll have Joe. Uh, we'll have Terry and perhaps Matt Brown. We are hoping hmm. for Matt Brown. So come back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Thanks again to the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. You can come down here free admission on Broadway. Thanks to the Tennessee Lottery. Anytime you want to come down, come see them. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock here on Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint.